What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting, earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like... Who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing a Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all... Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! A small town in America has been taken over by an unknown force. A huge red pixelated ring surrounds the area, trapping all those who live there inside. Nothing can penetrate inside to see that Wanda Maximov, aka the Scarlet Witch, has taken the town hostage, forcing the inhabitants to carry on humdrum daily lives so that she can have a slice of life in her otherwise downtrodden world. It is then that a floating house materializes out of thin air and lands next to the pixelation. The front door opens wide and the occult detective John Constantine steps across the mantle. Government agents are quick to rush up to him and warn him not to go near the anomaly. Oh, bollocks, John mutters. Oh, I'm not here to walk away. And with that, Constantine heads straight forward into trouble. It's the remaining twin versus the remaining twin. It's High Priestess versus Hellblazer. It's the Scarlet Witch versus Constantine. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win? A show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, welcome to another week of Mainstream March, and today's battle doesn't really get any more mainstream than this. You have Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, riding off the popularity of the super popular, super amazing uh, WandaVision series, and then you have Constantine, a character played by Keanu Reeves in Phil 
film. You know, this is someone who had their own TV series, has also appeared in animation a whole lot. Look, I normally do my patented who would win Google test to see if anyone's ever talked about this match. Yeah, I didn't because people have talked about this matchup quite a bit, but it's never been done the who would win way. So with that being said, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's battle? I'm super fired up for this battle. Look, WandaVision just ended, as we all know, last week, not only but a few days ago, and I'm sure we're going to get into it just a little bit on this show, but what a wonderful piece of television. If this is the way Marvel is going to be on the Disney Plus app, I am here for whatever they want to sell me. I'll be keeping coming back as a customer. And John Constantine is a character that I only fairly recently got into, only a few weeks, maybe a month ago. I mean, I was aware of him, but I didn't realize how amazingly cool he was until very, very recently where I've started watching a lot of these animated films, reading some of the comic books, getting into Justice League Dark, which is a wonderful series. It's, by the way, pretty dark. And I cannot wait for this rumble to go down. It's crazy. Both characters have such a huge history. Speaking of WandaVision, let me ask you real quick. What are your thoughts on spoilers? I detest spoilers. Look, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the show, but at this point, you've had a few days to watch the show. And if you haven't been keeping up on WandaVision up to this point, I would only say then you probably are leaving yourself pretty open to get spoiled if you haven't even started the show yet. It just shows that you didn't really care that much to begin with. I always believe in a minimum 24-hour rule for spoilers. In fact, I feel so strongly about this after watching shows like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, uh, even Better Call Saul, all these new shows that have come out that we actually adopted this policy for the Who Would Win show itself. And so far, I think people have been pretty good about it. Not bad, not bad. Now, there's a reason why I'm asking. This past Saturday, you know, the Who Would Win team, they put out, uh, the social media team puts out great posts. We put out, it was Scarlet Witch versus a question mark where we engage our audience on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and say, okay, who who should Scarlet Witch go up and against? And by the way, big ups to the people because lots of Constantine suggestions came in, and here we are. Yeah, this is something we really took seriously from the fans. The whole team got together we had some great suggestions. Satana. Someone mentioned Dark Side, which was really intriguing to Interesting. me. Interesting. Yeah, Constantine was the thing. But one not to mention was- Rita Repulsa from the what the Power Rangers. Why not, people? Keep trying. <laughs> and my personal favorite, Drizzit. We're not mentioning that name on the show ever again, James. Move on. Fair enough. So I have to apologize to one person. By apologize, I mean not really apologize. Of course, I'm using air quotes to say the word apologize. So on Saturday after we made that post, I got a a DM on Twitter from someone who was very upset with me. Oh, no. Yeah. um, And we tried to keep all the fans happy. Evidently, they were angry because, in their words, I revealed a major spoiler for WandaVision. With a post, with a with Scarlet Witch versus Question Mark. I said, okay, what, what spoiler did I reveal? And they said, well, now everyone knows that Wanda Maximoff turns into the Scarlet Witch. Ah! And I, I, I was, I was, had took a second to understand this conclusion that this person jumped to. And so I responded, well, you know, people kind of known she would be going in this particular direction as this is what she was actually called when she was a comic book character for the past 40 years. That's just me. Uh, if we ever do reveal a spoiler, you heard what Ray has to say. I actually love spoilers. Oh, really? I am the ob- – I do. But you know why? Because it's not about, oh, no, I know what they did. I actually want to see how they pull it off. Now, look, we both got tons of spoilers from Avengers uh, Endgame when it came out. Everyone kind of knew exactly what was going to happen. I wasn't upset because I wanted to see how they were going to pull it off. But that's just me. With that being said – Can I say I, real course- quick, James? If we're talking about angry DMs that we received on Twitter, I've got reams and reams and reams of them <laughs> if you'd like me to get into them. 
No, we're good. Anyway, so back to Avengers Endgame. I, you know, again, I just wanted to see how everything was pulled off. But with that being said, I do respect spoilers. I do respect at least the 24-hour period. Ray, I, oddly enough, I agree with you with you 100%. Is there ever a time where you would say you should not observe the 24-hour spoiler-free zone? Nope. Intriguing. Okay, speaking of intriguing... We have another very intriguing guest who will be judging today's battle, making the first appearance ever on the Who Would Win show. It's former comic book retailer extraordinaire. It's the VP of sales and marketing for StoryAd.com. It's Judd Myers. Judd, welcome to Who Would Win. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. For those who don't know, how would you describe StoryAd.com? Well, it's it's the first ever cloud-based book marketing software. So it's basically what, what, what we designed it for was to, to help authors, writers, artists to sell their books. It's most mostly free. There's upwards of 50,000 contacts on there that you can send your stuff out to and you can create pages for yourself. And basically this comes from years of standing in, in, in comic book stores and watching writers and artists have to become marketing specialists. They have to become salespeople and that's not what they do. So mm-hmm. we just created this, this, this sort of mostly free type of software that helps authors do the thing that they meant to do, which is like work on their, work on their projects, as opposed to having to do all of this from the ground up, learn how to be sales and marketing expert. That is huge. That is huge. Because if there's one thing I hear a lot from people is, hey, can you help me push the word for my comic book I'm trying to put out there or my new book or my new project? And you're right. There is such a huge learning curve. There's so much information to know about marketing. Is it social media marketing? Is it press releases? Are you trying to get interview? Who knows what? That service is awesome. Why, why did you come up with this idea? What made you say, this is something I need to pour my heart and soul into? Well, there were already people that were working on it, developing it. And then they, they approached me and asked if I wanted to come in and give my uh, expertise to round out what was the, you know, the sales and marketing aspect of it. So they came and asked me to do that. And then it turned into this bigger thing. They weren't even thinking about comics. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, maybe we should be uh, working this in for, for you know, <laughs> got, uh, people who, who do books with pictures, you know, and uh, and that's that's when you're talking about like graphic novelists, people doing comics and they're like, oh, gosh, I want to get this book out to all the comic book stores. You mean all 3000 of them yeah. do you know where they are? Do you know who who to contact? Do you know, the email address. Do you know the link? Do you know? The, and then it's like, OK, and when you do that. Do you have a page that's just for your book? And how do you, are you just doing email marketing? It's just sort of a way, uh, you know, are there groups that you could get on there and talk to people and stuff like that? It's just sort of what, what I do and I've been doing for years, just helping them to, to do it. And it's less difficult for them, you know? Judd, you're burying the lead a little bit on yourself because I looked up your resume before you came on today and you were in a movie called Candyman 3. And if we don't <laughs> if we don't talk about that, I'm going to be mad at myself tonight. <laughs> That's well, really, listen, story that ad me. is great. Don't get me wrong. But Candyman 3, come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. As, as a big fan of the Candyman movie series, to find out that you were involved in one of them, please regale me a story of that. Yes, I was. I was Fitz. I was Tony Todd's henchman uh, with the fake piercing, and you know, then I had hair, so they shaved my head. But yes, I I died at the end of a hook. I I was hung upside down and swung all the way down through a doorway. My mouth filled with blood, 
and transferred that blood from my mouth to Donna DiArco's mouth, Ooh. which I don't think a lot of people can say. Judd, hold on. You're not worried about spoilers for this? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Has it been 24 hours? Yes, <laughs> he has a hook. Hours. Yes, there That's are been- bees. That's great. That actually sounds a lot like the audition process Ray had to go through. So uh, it we're was not pretty forward. vigorous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were great at transferring the blood from your mouth. Anyway. So I got um, a lot of practice, James. I got a lot of practice. <laughs> Judd, actually, I have a, another kind of fanboy question for you because I don't think there's anyone who's got more experience within, especially on the retail side and just within the comic book industry other than you. So my question is, in all of your years of experience, what was the biggest crossover mega event in comic book history that you witnessed? Was it, you know, Secret Wars? Was it something? What What do you think was that the biggest event, the biggest of them all? For me, being my age, it was all about Contest of Champions. Contest of Champions was the thing. It was the ultimate SmackDown. It pulled all the characters from all over. Grandmaster took them. It was like Grandmaster versus Death, you know, like you two guys. Sure. And then right. they took them and throw them on this, you know, planet. They all had to fight and you never knew who it was going to be. And you open up the comic and it was like this versus this, you know, and uh, before all the you know video games, you know, started doing it. <laughs> that was a big deal for me. And you had to wait for the next issue to come out. So it was like, who's going to fight? You just don't know. And if you didn't agree, it was like, you know, you argue about it for a month. Yeah. So that was a big deal. But the ultimate fight was Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That yeah, treasury, man, I just, I read it until it just fell apart in my hand. <laughs> and the fact that the, there were so many guest appearances from like everybody on that, you know, at the ring was, it was like, that was an experience for me. I always think. That, that was drawn by Neil Adams, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I remember the opening where they're in the ring. And then you, if you look at all the heads, there was like, I think Frank Sinatra was there. Oh, yeah. A bunch of, yeah. Presidents. And, and, and then, you know, the, there's like one page where, where Ali is just, is just crushing Superman. And his face is getting more and more bruised. And it's just this like this montage, this one page of, of Superman just getting pounded and, uh, it just uh, it was stuck in my head forever. <laughs> okay, so Ray, we have. I don't think we could actually get anyone more qualified. Nope. Uh, to be a judge, I'm more afraid that I'm not going to do well enough in the judge's eyes than oh, I am James, of losing this battle. I'm never concerned that you're not going to do well enough. I just have come to accept it by now. Ah, uh, Ray Sicanus. I got to tell you, Ray, that last win you got, Sub-Zero versus Marnius Calgar, that was a good win on your part. That was a good win. Much like today will be a fantastic win for me. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it. I'm putting it out there. Scarlet Witch is going over Constantine. By the way, Constantine is awesome, too, not to put him down. I'm just saying how it is. That's what's going to happen. You're allowed your wrong opinion, James. Let's get to the battle. Please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the magic user who has a lot in common with Daredevil, since both of them lost their vision. Scarlet Witch. And representing DC Comics, the magic user who doesn't care about the Snyder Cut because he's got Silk Cut, John Constantine. 
<laughs> well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, what version of Constantine will you be using today? I'm going with the comic book version of Constantine. I'd love the animated version that I've seen in some of these more recent movies a lot. But there's just too many good feats, too many good accomplishments, and the stuff he's doing, quite frankly, today in the comic book world, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to see it. Very cool. Okay, so I, I watched WandaVision, as did the millions upon millions of other people, and you know, I love how they took a character who could pretty much, you know, decimate Thanos at, in Avengers Endgame, and said, "Hey, let's make her more powerful." And, you know, that is something I could really use. However, with that being said, when I did some investigating into the Marvel 616 version of Scarlet Witch, yeah, she blows that live action version completely away. So I'm going with the comic book version. Surprise, surprise, as well as Scarlet Witch. I know, shocking. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss... It definitely feels like panic time because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now with Keeps, you can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. 
no more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. And now let's get to the tale of tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Constantine. John Constantine is a British occult detective with a talent for both magic as well as chain smoking. He first appeared in the Saga of Swamp Thing number 37 in 1985 and was created by Alan Moore, Rick Veach, Steve Bissett, and John Totalbin. He went on to star in his own comic titled Hellblazer for DC Comics. Constantine is portrayed as a foul-mouthed and cynical magic user who keeps trying to do some good for the world. While his original cinematic outing was the less-than-faithful 2005 movie Constantine starring Keanu Reeves, the character was given new life in a short-lived NBC TV show in 2014 where he was played by Matt Ryan, not the Atlanta Falcons quarterback. Ryan has reprised the role in the Arrowverse TV shows as well as a series of recent DC animated Justice League Dark features. Fun fact, Constantine is known for his trademark tan trench coat and loose tie, but his original visual interpretation was even more police-based. You see, artists Steve Bissett and John Totalbin were fans of the music group The Police and asked Alan Moore to create a character that looked like lead singer Sting. Moore seemingly was kind to oblige them, and Constantine was soon to follow. That is Constantine. Very cool. And here are the details for the Scarlet Witch. Now, the Scarlet Witch, also known as Wanda Maximoff, was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby and first appeared in the X-Men number four way back in March of 1964. The Scarlet Witch is a transient sorceress and the twin sister of Speedster Quicksilver. She and her brother were once believed to have been, and I personally think still are, mutant children of Magneto, the master of magnetism. Wanda was trained by Agatha Harkness to become one of the most powerful magic wielders on Earth. She joined the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants fighting for her father's cause alongside her brother, though this was short-lived, and she was later recruited into the Avengers, becoming one of their most prominent members alongside her brother as well. Then things got kind of crazy. She got married to Vision, got divorced, I guess, had a couple of kids, lost them, erased almost all of mutants from existence, helped bring them back, and so on and so on. And here's an interesting fact about Wanda Maximoff. Did you know that Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff herself, was partly raised by a, um, a cow lady? It's true. When Scarlet Witch's mother Magda escaped from her father Magneto, she gave birth to her twins in the Wondagore Mountains. There, a character called the High Evolutionary had been building an army of people evolved from animals. A cow lady named, oddly enough, Bova, acted as a nanny and midwife for the High Evolutionary and took care of Wanda and her twin brother Pietro until the Maximoff gypsy family finally was able to leave Wondagore. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Judge, do you have any questions before we get started? Nope, I'm, I'm pretty good. Good. All right, Ray. 
Big battle, mainstream march. Couldn't ask for anything more. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Constantine. Look, we're talking about one of the most powerful magic users, if not one, then 1A in all of the DC universe. So we're going to use point one to talk about his magical abilities because he studies what's known as the dark occult, which is sort of demonic magic. In fact, it's been said that even though he is a human, he uses demonic magic even better than many demons do, if not most demons do. He's just that good at it. He's always able to get over on them using their own stuff. Now, what does that mean? It means that he has ability to do all kinds of world-changing events. And that's including one time when in prison, he ran out of cigarettes and his way of getting back over this horrible injustice was he mind-wiped all of the prisoners and created a prison riot just because he felt like it because he was cranky, he couldn't smoke and was having a little bit of a, what do you call it? A, a, A missing fix. Not just that. He uses his powers in all kinds of more uh, terrestrial means. He can do teleportation whenever he wants to, whether that means he's opening up portals and going to any other uh, pocket dimension, the afterlife, what have you, the, the other corner of the room over there. He's able to use teleportation and portals and move around very, very easily like that. In fact, I've also seen him create sigils on the floor and float around on them anytime he wants to. So who needs to walk when you can just float on sigils all day? He could also do much like a powerful force Jedi user would do where he can take objects and fling them at people. Heck, I've seen him create objects and fling them at people. So he doesn't even need objects there in order to use his telekinesis. He's also used powerful immobilization spells. In fact, he once had an immobilization spell that worked on Wonder Woman. James, you've argued before on this show when you were repping her, Wonder Woman is potentially the second most powerful, strong character in the entire DC universe. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's what you said. So I'm going to hold you to it today. If you can immobilize Wonder Woman with your magic. I have to believe the Scarlet Witch shouldn't be that much trouble because she doesn't bring as much physical power to the table. On top of all that, he's able to create runes. Uh, I mentioned the sigils a little bit before. He also carries with him a big old series of objects. These are magically enhanced objects, whether they be magic weapons of some kind. The one instance I wanted to bring up was a box of matches that he had that he could light the match. They were called wishing matches. And when he lit a match, he could immediately ask for a wish and that wish would come true. In this particular case, he got over on a very, very powerful demonic entity because he lit a cigarette as soon as he walked into the the room explained what the matches were and the demon said oh well to heck with you i'm not gonna let you light that match i'm gonna go ahead and blow you out before you do it and he goes i did that before i entered the room like he was black dynamite or something it was absolutely fantastic he'd already made the wish and that's the kind of guy that constantine is he beats you before he lets on that he's beaten you a little ozymandias from watchmen in that particular way but the big thing to mention here at the very end of my point is Wanda, I understand, and you'll get to this, James, I'm sure, has hex magic, where she can create weird probabilities, and the very, very unlikely will suddenly become the most probable. Constantine, on the other hand, has synchronicity, which is a powerful luck magic, where he takes the very, very unlikely good thing that won't happen and makes it happen in that way. So in that way, we have an interesting yin and yang. Wanda can make bad, unlikely things happen. Constantine can make very unlikely good things happen. And this is our starting point for this battle, so... I'm excited to see where we go from here, and that's my point number one. 
Yeah, this this is really interesting because, and I'll get to this, the hex magic is a big part of what Wanda Maxima does. And, you know, she uses it in a very big offensive manner. And I see Constantine using his his synchronicities. That's what you called it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He uses that in a very defensive manner. So I'll get to that in a little bit. Let me go to my point number one. You know, speaking of hex magic, it, it's actually easier. When I went through the whole list of Scarlet Witch's powers, it's actually easier to say which powers she doesn't have <laughs> versus all the powers she does have. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Name something and she either can do it or she can use her powers to make herself do it or make it happen. It's crazy. So the nature of this is her hex magic and her command over chaos magic. And I can go into a big detail about that, but I will not because we don't have five hours. So there's an old god of chaos named, I'm going to, I hope I'm pronouncing it, Chathan, who came to her the day she was born and gave her the ability to use chaos magic as her, as his own like kind of conduit. And this was actually later revealed that he actually, when she was older, she he was actually going to try to possess her and enter the real living world through her. Luckily, that didn't happen. So with Chaos and Max and, and, and this uh, and the Hexes, her powers are that, just like what you said, Ray, she can manipulate probabilities and make highly unlikely things happen. And, of course, you're like, well, then wait. How is she moving that object from here or there? How can she fly? How can she – that's not about probabilities, but it actually is. Chaos magic in the Marvel Universe is one of the most misunderstood forms of magic. Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, didn't even admit it existed until he was finally hit in the face literally with it through Scarlet Witch. And he was like, oh, got it. That's a thing. My bad. So what can she do with the chaos magic? Before we get into that – what ha- what do people think of it? It's interesting. Ultron, who has that adamantium body, one of the most powerful villains in Marvel, who can take out alien race with the technology, he's actually said that he's afraid of Scarlet Witch, afraid of her, because despite all of his scientific know-how and knowledge, he can't deal with something like chaos magic and the improbabilities or trying to figure that out. So she actually makes very powerful people very afraid to deal with her straight on. So when she uses it, it like I said, it causes highlighting like things to happen. So for example, when she's attacked by Cyclops and Beast from the X-Men, she uses her power and they slam into each other and trip and take each other out, almost like a three Stooges moment. It causes Hawkeye, you know, the the best marksman of Marvel, to miss his targets. It makes magic spells that are fired at her completely go awry and backfire on the people using them. It makes entire armies fall and their weapons misfire, which is something she did to the army of Atlantis, not just a regular army, but the army of Atlantis. In short, it does whatever it has to do to one of his opponents to make them misfire, trip, fall, or be crushed by a falling piano or a building that they happen to be standing in. It really is that Bugs Bunny-ish sometimes in terms of what can happen. Now, on top of using that for, for probabilities and what have you, she can also use this in a very defensive and offensive way. So with her hex powers, she can actually make a force field around herself for protection. She can put a force field around someone else. She's done that to Thor and immobilize Thor. She's done that to Thor's hammer when he threw it at her. So she just caught it in a hex field and held it and Thor couldn't pull it back. That's pretty powerful because you're not just doing that against Thor. You're doing it against Asgardian magic that was created by Odin. Her hexes have been used to, this is my favorite one, to cloud or confound the minds of gods, making them unsure of what they were doing and kind of completely stopping their attacks. Her hexes can shoot uh, extremely powerful blasts of energy that are strong enough to destroy large buildings, hurt the Hulk and Thor. She can, you know, everything from spontaneous combustion or melting of objects, rapid or spontaneous decaying of people, molecular destabilization, energy control, lighting flammable objects. So if Constantine needs a cigarette lighted, she can help with that. You know, that's a thing. Stopping the momentum of projectiles, exploding so many objects, deflating, deflecting magical attacks. 
distorting physical laws of nature, causing various forms of energy to spontaneously appear or disappear, altering size and gravity, manipulating weather. And the big one, which I really love, is canceling, controlling other powers and abilities of other people. So her hex does whatever it needs to do to help her out. That's and it's so that's why it's so hard to, to define. And, and by the way, it, her hex power is so powerful that she was able to take out that godlike being called Dormammu uh, in his own dark dimension by using her hex-like chaos uh, and command over chaos magic. And the craziest part about all of this is that her hexes and chaos-specific magic powers are actually her weakest powers in her overall power set. That's what's craziest about this of all. That's my point number one. And there's a lot of good stuff to be said there. Look, the hex magic and the hex bolts is sort of what you think of when you think of the Scarlet Witch from the comic books. Now, you talked about special characters and their kind of respect for him. You know, I have written here, Batman is a huge fan of Constantine, has a great respect for his intellect, his genius level intellect, to the point where when Batman had to go out of town, he said, Constantine, can you look after my affairs for me while I'm while I'm not able to check them out? If Batman lets you look after the Batcave and your name isn't Alfred the Butler, I'll tell you what, you've got a lot going on for you. Additionally, Constantine uses what's called reflection magic a lot. And you mentioned a little bit that Wanda does the same. I was holding that back to see what you were going to throw at me in point number one to point out one of Constantine's favorite things to do is wait till you power up your giant spirit bomb level super magical attack. He just throws up a little reflection spell and then you end up annihilating yourself with it. We've seen him do it over and over again in the comics. So the more he can get Wanda and kind of goad Wanda into throwing more and more powerful attacks, the more he's going to be able to do back onto her with this very powerful defensive magic. Now, the chaos magic, is that demonic in nature, angelic in nature? Where where does this chaos magic come from, James? It's so interesting you ask that. So chaos magic is something completely different. So at the beginning of the Marvel Universe when it was created, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, I'm just going to go there. There was one being who had a, a number of different offspring, and each one decided to go after their own specific type or brand of magic. And this Chathan being because it's not a demon it's not it's you could say it's godlike but it's well above what we think are gods in marvel said i'm going to be the master of chaos magic i will become chaos magic and chaos magic will become me and enhance my strength and powers and what have you so it's it's almost i'd say it's it's supernatural in that it's not demonic it's more like it's if this is nature it uh, it resides above nature it's not like demonic it's a weird it's a very weird thing interesting okay so I'm satisfied. Now, yeah, the, the the great thing about this point number one is that they'll be playing tennis. A hex goes towards Constantine. He kind of reflects it back, and then the hex will protect Wanda. It's going to be a real cool uh, a tennis match of sorts. So, Judd, you've heard point number one from both of us. Where's your head at right now with this battle? Mm, that was interesting because you both started really weak. I, I was I was I was sort of surprised that you got you started with like magical matches. Uh, and pianos falling on people. So I was sort of like, uh, where, are we, where are we going with this? Uh, but you both finished really strong. Um, and, and I think, James, you, you built up a little bit faster than, than Ray did. Just because you pulled the one thing out that was, that's very, very important to note, and that is fear. Yeah. Everyone is afraid of her for some reason. Not everyone is afraid of Constantine. I mean, not everyone knows Constantine, but maybe they should be. I sort of feel like Ray's got something in his pocket that he's waiting to to pull out. Mm-hmm. You finish strong, James, with the with the like like epic level, the universal level of power and fear 
that that Wanda possesses. So I'm leaning a little bit towards James. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Okay, but you are right, Judd. Ray always has something in his back pocket, front po- whatever. He's got something hiding. He's he's not done. I, I've done this too long to know this. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number two. I would bring up my weakest stuff in my point number one. That is outrageous, James. I'm <laughs> I'm hurt right now. My point number two for Constantine, I want to talk about, because we've talked about his basic magic. And yes, he, we'll talk about some more of his more impressive feats, perhaps, as we go along. But the other thing I want to bring up is the fact that Wanda is a mutant, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, the story keeps changing over and over again based on which iteration we're talking about, but we know what Constantine has been doing in the stories, in that on three separate occasions, whether it be certain evenings that he's done with succubi or whether it's been blood transfusions, he's got demonic blood inside of him. So he ascends to a higher level than a mere human or even a mere mutant for that level in the DC universe. Now, what does it mean that he has this demonic blood, this demonic power? inside of him. Well, it means that first off, he brings a very powerful healing factor to the table. Constantine is one of these guys who really can't die per se. He's been killed, but then he just finds himself in the afterlife, a place he knows very, very well, probably has a couple of apartments out there, and then he just phases his way back into our reality again and just keeps on going wherever the heck it was that he left off. But even then, it's hard for him to get to the afterlife because he keeps regenerating and healing back because of this demonic blood inside of him. It's also been said he could never be turned into a vampire at any point because of that as well. Doesn't really apply here. I just thought that was pretty cool and wanted to mention it. Not just that, because of his very, very strong willpower, and I think this is an important thing to have against a character like Scarlet Witch, is a very, very powerful willpower. Mental attacks and things that cloud your mind do not work on Constantine. I will say it again. The most important thing that Wanda can do is mess with your vision. You said before, James, she can pull this move off against gods, and that's fantastic. She can't pull it off against Constantine. And you asked the question, Judd, everyone's afraid of Wanda. Is Constantine going to be afraid of Wanda? I would think not. So a whole lot of what she's bringing to the table outside of her abilities is going to be cut right through like yesterday's spaghetti. So let's talk a little bit about some of the ridiculous things he done. I brought up before that he was able to uh, bind Wonder Woman. That takes some doing. He was also able to rip the spine out of a demon named Nurgle or Nergal, however the heck you want to pronounce it, a big, powerful monster demon. He just beat him silly and then ripped his spine out with one hand. Crazy ridiculous to do this against these kind of magic-wielding, not just people like Wanda, magic-wielding giant monsters like Nurgle. He also used a chainsaw to cut the wings off of the angel Gabriel. For gosh sakes, he's dealing in the heavens now and dealing with mystical creatures and destroying them. These people, that are, Gabriel would come down and whoop anybody in the DC universe, most of them at least. Constantine cut off his wings with a gosh darn chainsaw. Not just that, he's trained himself in both escape artistry, so you really, even if you try to bind him in some way, he could use non-magical means to escape it, which is important. He's also very well trained as a hand-to-hand fighter. To my knowledge, Scarlet Witch does not have that kind of physical training. She often is going to rely on her magic and her ability to get other people to do stuff for her, as opposed to getting in a fight. So if we get into a situation, I don't know why I would bring it up now, huh? 
where maybe magic for everybody is shut down. Constantine is going to be the one to get over in this matchup because one, he's not going to be afraid to hit her. He's proven that unfortunately time and time again. But additionally, he's trained in this massive hand-to-hand combat ability and she, to my knowledge, is not. The last thing I want to bring about it is a very recent storyline. The deceased, deceased, I love that title, Dead Planet series. Constantine defeated Dr. Fate and stole his helmet and his medallion to gain the power and the title of Dr. Fate. He also gained the power of Shazam, the Superman-esque Billy Batson character, so he had the big lightning bolt on his chest. And he also carried with him the Spear of Destiny, which is one of the most powerful magical artifact items in the entire world. So this is a guy who starts down here with the ability to do low-level conjuration and what have you, and ended up way, way up here where he now has a near Superman-level physical abilities mixed with the highest-level magic you could find, mixed with the highest-level artifacts that you could find. Scarlet Witch can do some amazing things, but the fact that her mental attacks will be unworkable and he's bringing this much on top of what I've already said means he's going to get over in this matchup. And that's my point number two. Wow. Okay. So working backwards, I liked how you finished your point number two, but there's a lot we got to unpack. That's actually slightly incorrect. First of all, Wanda is actually, yeah, no, it's true. Wanda uh, Maximoff is actually a great fighter. It's very much underplayed because when you can warp reality, knocking someone out doesn't really seem to be the go-to move. With that being said, she's been trained by Captain America, and she's been trained in combatives for years. She's actually listed as a really, really good fighter, like really good fighter, such a, to such a point that she knows how to combine her powers into her fighting style. But if all of a sudden she was powerless, she's more than a match. She's taking out people very, very easily, a very, very good fighter. Secondly, you use the word succubine. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Okay. I just wanted to make sure you use the word succubine. Nope, the less just... said about that, the better. This is a family-friendly show. That's right. I just wanted to see if you actually said it. Okay, so when, when, when Constantine dies and he goes to where he goes and then comes back, how long is that process? Is it That's the a thing. day? It, it, it quite frankly depends on the writer. We've seen him do it very, very fast. We've seen him do it over a period of time. It doesn't seem like he likes to hang out there very long, though. Got it. So just for Judd to understand, like one of our rules kind of is that, you know, you have to inca- incapacitate your opponent. You know, if you tie him down for it, but they, they have to be tied down for like two minutes, right, where they're no longer a threat for two minutes where we can safely walk away. So it sounds like it would take more than two minutes for him to die, visit heaven or whatever, check on his uh, rental properties and then come back. All right. Just checking that out. Let's see. Uh, he ripped a spine out of Urkel. Is that correct? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, that was Nurgle, not Urkel. If Got he had it. ripped a spine out of Steve Urkel, I'll be honest, that's a better feat. That, that's I would a think better so. feat. I mean, Steve Urkel can do some crazy stuff. If you could um, go on ABC Family and start ripping out spines against standards and practices, I would argue they're the most powerful character in existence. I would think so too. So I'm glad it was. I'm glad Urkel's safe, by the way. Uh, and and we you love know, you, Julia White. He, he's amazing. With that being said, let me get to my point number two. Let's talk witchcraft. Shall we? So the Scarlet Witch was trained by Agatha Harkness, who taught her how to control and use her powers more in a mystical way. And as a result of this training, she can do a lot more than she could before. And she's way more powerful, like crazy more powerful. So here's some of what she can do. She can do astral projection, where she can just, you know, let her spirit body go do what it does. And by the way, her spirit body can still throw hexes and do all that magic as well. It's crazy. Uh, She's got clairvoyance, where she has the ability to gain information 
information just supernaturally about people, places, or things she's facing. She can absorb energy. She can channel energy into her. She was able to absorb everything from Wonder Man's energy, who is a being made of ionic energy, to absorbing energy from uh, different supernatural people. So whether it's magical or not, she can absorb it. She can fly. She can make even more powerful force fields than she could before. She has something that's really cool. It's an automatic defense, and it's this ability to her magic defends herself, puts up a shield, does whatever it needs to do if she's not consciously aware of the threat coming at her. It's very much like a Green Lantern's ring. So the power of ring has an automatic defense system that protects the bearer of the ring. Wanda has the same thing. She can heal super quick using spells to heal herself very fast. I'm talking like instantly. She's got holographic projection where she can produce holographs of, of different things all around her illusions. She's got magical awareness on top of her clairvoyance. She can detect magical auras. She can track supernatural beings and artifacts. Someone's going to be close to her trying something magical. She'll detect it. She'll know what's up. With her power, she can actually ma- manipulate nature now and almost on par or is actually approaching Storm's level of uh, weather manipulation, which is crazy because it's not like she needs more stuff. She can now manipulate and control elemental forces, temperature, as, as well as the four elements, light, electricity, ice, and she can even control vegetation. Again, like I said at the beginning of this, it's easier to name the stuff she can't do than to go through the whole list of what she can. Here's my favorite, necromancy. So she can communicate with the deceased by summoning their spirit and getting information or figuring out what's up. She can create solid energy constructs and she can turn anything into tools, objects, weapons, or other items that she needs. I guess kind of like Green Lantern. She's got, of course, her spells, which you know she's got the scrying spell where um, she can see and, and communicate with people across vast distances, across the galaxy, on different parts of the planet, what have you. She's got spell negation where she can nullify other people's spells. So if her hexes don't work to nullify the spell, she's got a spell to negate the spell or magic coming at her. She's got a precognition spell where she can perceive information about future places or events before they happen. And this is something she can use quickly to see what Constantine is about to do or what he has planned. She's got a purification spell. I guess whenever she goes to the bathroom after a race to Canis, she can use that. Bathroom's good to go. She's got an exorcism spell where she can evict anyone being possessed. Another healing spell, invisibility spells, invocation spells, where she can invoke and examine areas far away and kind of get the lay of the land. What's really going to give her the edge to all this is her ability to use both regular and interdimensional teleportation. And she can get this win by battlefield removal. This is a huge one. So she can send herself and others to any place she wants to across large distances of of space, literally across the galaxy if she wanted to. She can create portals and gates in order to transport to another location. She can create two portals at the same time. She can travel between dimensions. She can summon things through dimensions, objects as well, demons, people to fight for her. It's really crazy. And she's good at banishment. Now, banishment, again, battlefield removal. She's really good at saying, okay, you're out of here. I'm going to send you to another dimension. And in that dimension, it's going to be across the galaxy. I'm going to send you someplace you have no way of getting back from. So Scarlet Witch can do all of this. And we still haven't gotten to her most powerful abilities yet. That's my point number two. Look, there's all kinds of good things to say there. Look, Scarlet Witch is a very impressive character with all kinds of wonderful magic powers. It's a little bit weird to me that you would say that she's going to defeat him by battlefield removal using portals when that's exactly the kind of thing that he can also do to other people. He can create pocket dimensions uh, like we've seen Spawn do and put things and objects and people in there if he needed to. And he uses these things to go between dimensions, to go to the afterlife, to go to heaven and hell and everywhere in between. So I find it hard to believe that she can just 
rip out a portal and put Constantine anywhere that one, he's never heard of before and two, a place he can't get back out of. Let's not forget, Constantine has the power of the House of Mystery right now, which is a big old invisible dimension hopping house. So wherever the heck she's going to put him there, the House of Mystery will be there five seconds later. He walks in the front door, comes right on back out again and keeps on fighting. It's a little wild to me that you'd spend so much time trying to make that point. And again, was your point, James, were you really just hinting at the fact that it was Agatha all along? I just want to make sure that you're saying that it's Agatha all along. Maybe you could sing it. It would have more impact on me. And I also love the fact you did bring up all these mental uh, attacks that she has as if I haven't already explained that none of them are going to work on Constantine. He's not going to have a hard time with them because they're not going to hurt him. Look, a character named Deadman, which is a, what was he, a circus performer who got shot, got killed, depending on the telling of the story. And he now is a ghost going around and he tries to inhabit people. He tries to possess them. He cannot possess Constantine. So the fact that these mental attacks don't work, you can't cloud his vision with some nonsense. You can't possess him. That's going to take a huge part of Scarlet Witch's game off of the table. Not even to mention the fact that you mentioned Scarlet Witch can punch up. Constantine only punches up. He's defeated gods among men. He's defeated very, very powerful demons. He's defeated all of the very powerful people of the DC universe. So I just think while Scarlet Witch is very, very powerful, this is punching leveled for Constantine. He doesn't have to punch up for this one. He's punching on the same level as himself, and he's proven time and time again when it comes to punching level and punching down, he always gets it done. So real quick, the House of Mystery, is that like Scooby-Doo and the gang park their mystery van at the House of Mystery? House of Mystery? Or like where? If you want to consider it the mystery machine, I would let you. Okay, great. Yeah, here's the thing about uh, Constantine. Again, amazing character, but he seems to like to go to places or dimensions where he's been there before, right? He seems to be someone who's very prepared and prepared. He's got like, he takes Batman's two weeks of prep time and takes it to the next level or maybe the next five levels. You know, as long as he's been there or has an encounter with that thing or that place, he's got a way around it. But what happens uh, I, when he goes somewhere? I would argue a little bit against that, James, because he does often put himself in situations where he's not on his home field. He's going to the opponents in their own place, but he always has an idea. He's such a genius level tactician and intellect kind of a guy that he always finds an angle. He always thinks about what's on hand or what's around him and how he can use it to his advantage. I, I would push back a little bit on you on that point. I don't think Constantine, if you take him immediately out of his element, suddenly going to fall down like a house of cards. I don't think he'll fall down, but I think he's much better when he's been there, done that once before, and he comes back better. I would say that. Now, with that being said, great points on your part. We're now at the I turning know. point. Judd, you've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. Where's your head at this battle? Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out the win? Mm, wow. Well, that was a really good round. That was great. Partially because both of these characters have a lot of the same abilities. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know, maybe you describe them a little bit differently, but it's essentially the same level of, of, of mysticism. However, I have to say that Ray just made some better arguments here. Um, and and I, I feel like, you know, for me, I have my own opinions, but James, I think you're missing out on just a couple of things that would really, really make the SmackDown happen, but you're, but you, you, you're sort of leaving them out. And I think, uh, and I think Ray is, he knows where the weaknesses are. He's, he's really hitting you where, hitting you where the weaknesses lie. So I got to say in this, in this round, I got to go with Ray, but this is a very even match right now. 
It, it's almost like we've been here before, Ray. <laughs> so typically, Judd, yeah, what happens is Ray again. He is debating games is is no joke. I, I I can't I can't put that you know say it any other way. We're typically at a tying point. We're we're very very even. But hopefully, to your point, Judd, I have some things about a Scarlet Witch that'll that'll work. I'm hoping. Maybe it's a shame a you don't, James. I know. This I just was a I, lot of fun. I know. If the battle ended right now, it'd be such a shame. I just hope I have some good points for you. Uh, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Oh well. Oh well. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Constantine. Now we have to talk about what makes them different because Judd, you picked up on exactly what I was talking about. These are two very similar characters with two very similar power sets, although they're coming from two very different places. You know, he's he's trying to create luck and she's trying to create bad luck kind of at the same time. And where do they meet in the middle? And I'll tell you that because where Constantine differs is his ability to manipulate and con people and get them to do what he wants. Now, Wanda has to use magical means to achieve similar results. Constantine tends to outwit people and get them to do and get them to go to the places he needs them to go without them even realizing they're being manipulated until it's very, very late. And Wanda's tricks won't work on Constantine as we've proven in point number two, but Constantine's points will work on Wanda. To that point, he's been able to outwit everybody. He's outwitted the devil. He got into a match with the devil. He tricked him into drinking holy water, thus stunting his power, and then beat him up with the bottle the water was in. If you can convince the devil to drink holy water, I have to believe you can convince Wanda to make a mistake somewhere in a battle and leave yourself open to some sort of an attack. He's been able to do manipulation tactics that have worked against Superman. Okay, Superman, let's face it, he's strong. He's not necessarily the sharpest knife in the shed. That being said, if you could trick Superman into doing something and live to tell the tale, that's not a bad place to be. But the other character he's been able to manipulate and trick is Batman, the world's greatest detective, the guy who sees through all the guff, sees through all the nonsense and malarkey, much like I do on this show with James. He was able to trick Batman into doing things he didn't want to do, and Batman was left bamboozled. Now, if you could trick Batman, you could trick Wanda Maximoff, is what I am trying to say. He once had the idea, and this is amazing to me, he sold his soul to three different underworld characters, that being Satan, Azrael, and Beelzebub. He sold his soul to each one of them separately. So therefore, when it came time for him to die, the afterlife would not take him because the three demons realized they all wanted a piece of that soul. They all had a right to that soul. And he was able to trick all of hell and the afterlife to not accept him because they understood that they would have to fight each other for the rights for Constantine's soul. And to do so would destroy the afterlife. That battle would destroy all of hell, so they just had to let it go and could not take Constantine into the afterlife. So you have a character now who can't be taken into the afterlife because he tricked everybody. That's a pretty fantastic place to be. In fact, he's using his magic, and this is one of the big things I wanted to bring up. This is why I brought up so many things before. He has the ability for certain periods of time to shut down all the magic happening around him. Now, for very powerful characters, he can only do it for a little while. It's not something he could do for an entire battle. But if it comes down to it, these two are throwing hexes and spells and sigils and reflection magic and teleporting and getting out of the way. And they're going back and forth like a boxing match, you know, the early sparring in the first few rounds. Constantine could potentially realize that he is much stronger in hand-to-hand -hand combat and much larger than Wanda Maximov and get into a situation where he could shut down all of the magic and just take her out and just take her out for the time he needs in order to win a who would win match, bind her up. Two minutes, be able to walk away 
positively safely wonderful i mentioned before he's been able to get off on characters like dr fate a lot of people like to consider dr fate a better magic user than constantine constantine keeps beating him <laughs> over and over and over again tricking him beating him doing all of the above and also let's talk about dark side constantine has been able to shut down a portal uh, that has allowed Darkseid to try to in infiltrate our world. And if you can shut down Darkseid on any level, you are one of the strongest characters in all of DC Comics. A very strong pantheon of characters to begin with. And that is my point number three. Okay, really cool. These are good points. I had a feeling you'd bring up some of these. So I was a little bit prepared. So... In terms of manipulating and conning people, the cons that he pulls off on Batman and Superman and what have you, did he know who Batman and Superman were beforehand? D well, of course. Okay, who doesn't okay. know who Batman and Superman are? Gotcha. Look, you so, see so a costume there was advanced... character coming at you, you have to assume that they got something going on. Gotcha. So he had advanced knowledge of, of both of these characters. Just checking. Look, if you're asking then... if the, the whole thing with Constantine is he has advanced knowledge of everything. Look, I'm not because of a who would win battle, he postulate he doesn't know the Scarlet Witch, but he knows what those powers are. He's seen characters very similar to Scarlet Witch before and can pull from those experiences in order to, to do what he needs to do. Got it. So he is experienced with one with with someone like Scarlet Witch's powers. That's kind of the key to his victory here, I would say, right? Because so that, and that way he would know how to manipulate her and what have you. He's lived a life, James. That, that's fair. That he has lived several a life. of them, in fact. That's true. That's true. Okay, let's. He see. was in a punk band for gosh sakes. That changes everything. By the way, changes everything. That changes everything. All right, let me get to my point number three. I haven't really talked about Scarlet Witch. What, what she can really, really do. She's considered to be the. Um, Nexus being of Earth 616, the Marvel Universe. And this is one of those people who have the power to affect probabilities and thus the future. She is a living focal point to all possible timelines, all realities, all divergences. So this means her spells and magic affect everyone in every timeline in alternate dimension, meaning there's literally nowhere you can hide from her spells if she decides to take you out. This is insane. That means that whatever Wanda does, and I'm going to cite some examples here, when she wants to take out, do something in a big way, it's not just her timeline, it's every timeline in every universe everywhere. This is crazy. So, but there's even more about all of this. So she's also capable of time manipulation. So she has this ability called chronokinesis, which is the ability to manipulate and control time. And as a nexus being, that means that when she controls time, it alters cosmic timelines. As a result, she can use time-related abilities like time reduction, where she can slow down time. It's so strong that even while being weakened, she could affect Thor uh, with this time reduction, who has time manipulation resistance. He's one of those beings who's so powerful, they can resist time manipulation, whatever around him. But in a weakened state, Wanda was still able to make her him affected by the time reduction. Uh, she can stop time or freeze it. She has time travel abilities, where she has ability to create portals which are connected to the past or the present duration manipulation. So let's say you have a long point from race to Canis. She can make the duration very, very short or really, really long, depending on what you want to have happen. If that were enough, she's also a master of reality warping. So she's been stated as one of the world's greatest and most dangerous uh, reality warpers. With reality warping, she has a power of creation where she can create anything or everything from nothing or replicate and multiply any existing thing or being. She's warped into reality like a horde of androids, demons. One time she was facing this being called uh, from the Wrecking crew and he had a little bit of a cold so she's like you know what i'm just gonna replicate all those germs within your body just to really take you out she's got the power of erasure this is kind of crazy we had one character we've talked about so far ray in all of our who would win battles who can have this power that's B 
Bugs Bunny when he took out a big eraser and erased someone out of existence. She has that a power. She can disintegrate and erase a person or object from existence. She's done this with monsters, villains, even a few heroes as well. She has a power of illusion. Now, what's really cool is not only can she create illusions, she can see through illusions. And by the way, part of that's going to be some of the cons that Constantine's going to be throwing at her. She has the ability to use reality warping with her combat. She somehow combines that with her physical fighting style. Again, Ray, I think you're dropping the ball on this one. She actually is a really, really great fighter. It's just that when you can real, you know, warp reality, you don't usually throw punches or kicks, but she can. Trained by Captain America, and she's fought a whole lot. She's got the power of resurrection, where she can bring back and reanimate the, the, the dead. She did this with Wonder Man when she was fighting this character named Morgan Le Fay. She brought Wonder Man back. This is a Superman-level powered character, and then infused him with the power of the Avengers to make him even more powerful to take out Morgan Le Fay, who is a super powerful magic-based user. That's who she can just call in to help her out if she needs it. And she's got the power of transmutation, where she, her re- reality warping allows her to turn anything into anything else. It's kind of crazy that she's got all of this. These powers are why she was able to defeat one of the most powerful beings in all the existence. So if you remember Avengers versus X-Men, the Dark Phoenix is coming down, blows through Thor, Vision, Iron Man, and then comes in and possesses five of the X-Men. So as they're trying to get Hope Summers to take over the power of the Phoenix, it's not working. She steps in and then kind of defeats the Dark Phoenix and helps transfer that power over to Hope Summers. In the entire series, the X-Men said there's only one person they're afraid of they respect everyone. There's only one person they're afraid of with the Avengers, and that's Scarlet Witch, just like what Ultron said. So when you see this battle happening, if anything starts going awry, and you got to remember, she has the ability to, to eradicate things. When she did for House of M, where she eradicated all mutants, and she, but just by saying no more mutants, the 90% of them were gone, that was after she had changed the world and said, I want to give everyone their favorite wish. They did, but it kind of screwed things up. This is someone who will warp reality with words, her mind. She can time travel, as well as she's the nexus of all realities within her universe. You're not going to hide or overtake this. She's literally one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. So when you put all of that together and her fighting ability, it's pretty easy why she's going to be too much for Constantine, who at best will be able to last for a little while, and at most is going to take off formulate a plan and try to come back and take her on another day, which is his, is his MO. That's my point number three. I mean, you're trying, James, and God bless you. Look, a lot of the stuff you brought up as far as reality warping and shifting time, time magic, these are also things that Constantine has been seen to do. Constantine has also used time magic before. Constantine can reality warp the absolute world around him, and he has defenses against all of these kind of attacks as well, because being who he is, he sort of has to, because otherwise he'd be dragged to a fiery pit of hell every five minutes, because somebody else is going to be coming out to get him, much like in the way Scarlet Witch was. Now, the big thing that I want to say in my final rebuttal here is I believe that these two characters have a very similar power set. I think we've been over that time and time again. They both use you know the probability magic. They both can reality, reality warp. They can both create portals, teleport, and, and what have you. And what I think separates these two characters are things that I've already brought up, but I would like to reiterate. One, the massive durability from the demon blood that Constantine has inside of him. Scarlet Witch does not have that same level of regeneration that Constantine does and also the way that you talked about her being trained in hand-to-hand combat Captain America teaches you unless I'm mistaken how to use your natural talents with combat techniques which means that she learned how to fight using her magic as well as strikes so if you take the magic away from her her ability to fight in hand-to-hand combat goes way 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 down because she has learned it in using both together 
Constantine does not have that same weakness, however. Uh, that said, I don't think that her ability to see through illusions is going to be able to help her see through a Constantine slip of the tongue and, and some of the conning that he does. I think we're talking about two totally different things, James. Shame on you for trying to conflate them. Last thing, he has the physical powers of Shazam at this point. I don't think it can be easily stated, the durability, the flight, the strength, and all of this that he brings. He, again, is just a much more imposing character than Wanda. So if their magic being even or kind of even, especially given that he has these powerful reflection spells and sigils, I just don't see how you can go away from Constantine in this battle, especially given, the final thought, he has the suggestibility powers and he has the magical abilities to try to convince somebody to do something that they might not want to do. I don't don't know that Wanda necessarily has immunity against that as we've seen her get manipulated. For example, in the most recent TV series, WandaVision by Agatha herself, it was Agatha all along. She can be, she can be manipulated. We know Constantine really can't. This is the slightest bit of razor's edge difference between them. With the flashpoint uh, paradox that happened, Constantine got hit with that, and his whole story changed. So he didn't see that coming. He got changed by it. He was affected by it. So when if she actually does change the timeline or reality, he is shown to be affected by it. That's all I got to say. All right. Now, Judd, you've heard three points from me. You've heard four and a half points from Ray. Oh, Now's Lord. the time for you to come up with a decision. Take us through your process. Use your years of experience and knowledge. Tell us. Who wins this battle between Scarlet Witch and Constantine? First of all, obviously, you guys are both really great at what you do, and you make extraordinary points. I have a question. This is a fight, right? It's a fight. Correct. We meet on the battlefield and we fight. Okay. So in all my years in comic book store, one rule is absolutely sacred, and that is you can't just say, well, yeah, but if she didn't have her powers, she'd lose. It's like saying, well, the Hulk, if he wasn't strong, he'd lose. <laughs> well, obviously he'd lose. He's the Hulk. You know, that's, you can't, you can't use that. It's because this is about them fighting at the height of their powers. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, Ali Foreman. It's like we're at the height of their powers. Um, so I have to take, I have to negate that. I have to take that out. Even though it's one of his powers to negate other powers and Wanda does the same. Well, as far as I'm concerned, since they can both do it, <laughs> there's a, there's a, I mean, there's, there's a, a, there's this, a is why we need, this is why we need a solid judge. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So absolutely. Uh, Constantine has an extraordinary ability to con. He is the ultimate con artist. However, he is the ultimate long con artist in the history of comic books. What he's known for is, over the course of six issues, 12 issues, 24 issues, this long tapestry that he does. And at the end of it, you turn the last page and go, he was in control of this all along. He's not necessarily known for his con on the battlefield that turns everything around and defeats the other magic person on the, on the, on the, on the fighting ground. So that sort of swayed me away from you, Ray, because I just feel like, uh, you know, it is a great, you, you leaned a lot into that and it's a great quality for Constantine, but I don't think that in this fight between him and, and Scarlet Witch, it's not the power that he would go to. It's not the thing that he would use. He's, he's fighting sort of God level, you know, powers Scarlet Witch. Uh, while she does have the power of erasure and she does have the power to, you know, basically take someone you know out of existence it is true that Constantine 
he's known throughout the you know comic book history for everybody thinking he's dead and he's not he reappears he you know whether it's in 10 minutes or 10 days he that's just sort of his thing because he's sort of immortal you know he he just doesn't he doesn't die having said that James, you came up with a very, very specific thing that was really important. And I think it's about this sort of borrowing magic, first of all, which is why Doctor Strange is so scared of of Wanda. It's why the sorcerers in the Marvel Universe are so afraid of Wanda, because she can actually go, I'm going to be you, Doctor Strange. I'm going to take that from you. But that only happens when she's upset. She is sort of like a magic, magic Hulk in that the angrier she gets, the more powerful she becomes. And the more you piss her off, the more she's likely to really screw you up. And Constantine, his, one of his powers is, is pissing people off. That is the thing that he does best. This is the weakness. On a playing field between the two of these people, one person will make the other person really mad. And the madder she gets, the more powerful she becomes. And she opens a nexus into other worlds and other realities, other planes of existence. And it doesn't matter that he dies or doesn't die. She could lose him forever. She could make him go around and around and around forever and ever and ever if she gets mad enough. So in that way, Ray, you leaned into the one power that works against him on in this fight because it's just today is the fight against Scarlet Witch that actually leaned me into the direction of Scarlet Witch being the winner. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is outrageous. What a, br- what a brilliant decision by a brilliant man, by the way. That was incredible. That was incredible. I've never heard that uh, description before. Scarlet Witch is like the magical version. She's like a, a magical version of the Hulk. That is genius. Genius. Ray Sicanus, where's your head at right now? I mean, obviously, I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in our judge. I'm very disappointed in you trying to to worm some things that are clearly not true and conflate things together. You pulled an intoxicating mind fog on somebody who is who is very knowledgeable, and and it, and it quite frankly disgusts me, James Gavsey. I am <laughs> I am beside myself now. Walking into this battle, this is a razor's edge battle. This is a 50-50 down the middle kind of a fight, and that's what really, even though they are two similar characters, we don't normally like to do that. It made this matchup compelling to us when we were putting this matchup together. What really made this matchup compelling to me was it was so obvious that Constantine was going to win. Judd, how do you answer for your crimes here? By I answer for your crimes, like how do you describe how awesome you are by giving such a great answer is what I, I interpret that as. <laughs> oh, like I said, it really was just that one little, little piece. And really it's, this is a, like, what, why is this day different from all other days? It's not an overall fight throughout time. It's today. Today, there's a fight between this person and this person, and you guys are giving the arguments, okay, here's what I'm using in the fight, and, I'm, and this is when I'm using it. And you saved that all the way up, Ray, you saved it all the way up until your final, like, you know, the, here's the big thing, he's a con man, you know? And, and James, you saved up, she gets really mad and can open a nexus to worlds. And, and that just, to me, that was just what, what did it. Maybe, maybe tomorrow... It might be different, <laughs> you know, but today, today I, I, I go with Scarlet Witch. What's interesting about this battle is I wasn't sure about it because I look at Constantine almost as like a magical version of Batman. 
right? You know, with two weeks prep time, mm-hmm. not only can he do anything, he can do anything to anyone, right? So what I see this battle as is they, they fight. Constantine kind of realized, like, what is this? I have no idea. Or this is crazy. It's a little bit more than I expected. He escapes. I do think he could escape for a while and possibly come back and do much better for a second time. We're seeing a series of matchups where the other character, the character who loses, could go back and come back and get a second win. I think that's this situation we're talking about right here. You know, of all the times that hashtag Ray was robbed on this show. Of course, this is another one of those occasions. This is probably one of the least egregious one of those occasions. Obviously, Ray was robbed here because James was declared the victor. But that being said, I understand, unfortunately, exactly what you're saying. That doesn't mean I have to like it. By the way, by the way, how often have you had a who would win discussion in all of your years, you know, especially on the retail side with comic books? That's all it was. <laughs> like, like I say most of the time spent in the comic book store with me behind the counter as, you know, bartender or therapist. Right, right. There I was behind the counter. It was a discussion of who would win, you know, and and. And, and a discussion of powers and emotions and, you know, and what's great is that sometimes it was a sort of a tag team, like two people would be standing there. One would leave and a new person would come in. And what are you guys talking mm-hmm. about? Well, we're talking about who would win. In a, and then it's this whole thing. It starts all over again. And sometimes a whole day would go by and it would just be a discussion of this, this fight between these two people. But you had a cast of characters of like 15 different people that came in through the store for eight hours. You just and described our Twitter account. <laughs> Actually, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and, and soon to be TikTok as well. Everyone loves talking about who would win. And to all of our listeners, by the way, listen. When Ray wins, it's it's it is what it is. Deserved. When I win, it's it's when I win, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that we love it. What the dis- we're here for the discussion, right? And to celebrate geek culture this way. And I got to tell you, Judd, you brought a great celebration to the match today. Just, uh, not just because you gave me the win, but because you brought in like great logic information. I mean, your insight. Please come back. We, we would love to have you back as a judge, regardless of what Ray says. I, I'll think oh. about it. <laughs> Thanks so much. I, this was great. I had so much fun. I'll come back anytime. Love it. Now, Judd, um, so before we sign off, please tell everyone where they can find you and, you know, all about StoryEd. Yeah, you can find me on the, you know, social media and StoryEd.com, S-T-O-R-I-A-D.com. And you can email me. Judd at storyat.com. You know, feel free. I like, you know, having direct discussion with everybody. But really, I I think, you know, on Storyat uh, this this uh, next week, I'm going to start running some uh, of our podcasts, the stuff that, that we did, I did before with Blast Off, the comic store. And the first thing that we're going to run is the interview with Carl Gottlieb, who wrote that little movie called Jaws. Um, and it's a pretty in-depth interview. We're going to start running some of those with writers who both in and out of comics and and sort of uh, renew them for the story ad site. So come and check it out. There's a link that just says columns and in that columns you'll see you'll see all that content. I love it. I think there's there's it's absolutely the right time for a really good podcast that focuses on writers and the the creative process and what writers have to go through. Good call on your part. With that being said, Ray, this was a tough matchup, man. You brought it. You brought up some great points. You were super close to winning. I was nervous all the way through. Tell everyone, uh, you know, where they can find you online and console you and make you feel better. 
Well, listen, hashtag my awkward allies out there. You guys saw that I had the clearly better arguments, the clearly better character. Let's face it. If we were going to watch something involving one of these two characters, which one would you actually want to watch? Look, we all watch WandaVision, I know. But if they made a Constantine TV show that got canceled after one season, my point is (laughs) I think Constantine is a much more interesting character to watch. And I am here for all of the Constantine love that you are ready to send. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Let's celebrate Constantine. This decision is what it is. We all know ultimately it's up to you, the people, to determine who won these matchups. A judge is just one voice, sometimes a very knowledgeable 18-year comic book veteran voice, but it's just one voice at the end of the day. You people, unless I disagree with you, are the louder voice each and every single time we do the show. But my voice, let's face it, is the loudest of all. You can find me at Almighty Ray on Twitter. <laughs> okay. You know, the power of the uh, intoxicating mind fog is a, is, a, is a wonderful thing. It should not be abused. I actually didn't use it today, oddly enough. Uh, or maybe so I did. Say, or, or maybe are you I did. using it now? Yeah, or maybe, thank yeah, you. Or, or maybe I did. Who knows? With that being said, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcast. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.